This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Christian. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. Did you just hear my uh, plexiderm read I laid down? Uh, I like to call it plex, but uh, yeah, I heard that. You uh, you sexy, dropped a, yeah. a pretty hot take. Yeah. Sexy plexi. Oh, I love that. Um, now, when you participate in the uh, Mrs. America pageant mm-hmm, that sure. you do once a year, didn't you tell mm-hmm. me that you uh, tighten your areolas down mm-hmm. with a little dab of plexi right on the nip? Yeah. Uh, previous to that, I was using, I can't believe it's not butter, but then that would show through. And uh, we had some problems with the FCC. You know, ah, the FCC. man coming ah, down. You funny slappy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dennis Miller option. I'm just living my just life. And uh, I wrote some jokes down. Chris, oh, you hear anything? I always want to hear the jokes. All right. Bring some hot water quick. <laughs> well, again, my favorite new thing. F. Scott Fitzgerald asked to describe screenwriting. Looks up in a drunken haze and says, bring some hot water quick. <laughs> Is that genius? California's gone so to hell. Let me see what this joke is. Uh, please, let's go. Together. I came home us. and found squatters uh, in my house, but it could have been worse. They're actually squatter hoarders. So when I eventually have them kicked out, they'll leave more stuff behind. <laughs> squatter hoarders. I like squatter hoarders. And you have to get hoarders with impeccable taste, quite frankly. That's what you need. Somebody who leaves behind a huge Fabergé collection. Um, things are very uptight. I was in a restaurant. <laughs> These are such yeah, I, I was. We were at a the restaurant the other night. A woman started uh, choking, and I asked her to sign a prenup before I heimlicked her. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I was doing a uh, event over the weekend. This is a true story, actually true. Not usually when you hear this is a true story, folks. It's right. Jesus, but it couldn't be any further. But away when it's you, it. if the anecdote ever starts with "I was walking down the street," then you know right. it didn't happen. No, no. Yet. If you hear that, you know that, uh, that that's <laughs> Clifford Irving getting a hand job from Howard Hughes outside Victorville. There, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, I sent uh, Gary Sinise, who I was. Uh, doing a show for the troops, uh, a thing, and uh, I spoke it into my phone to send him a text, and I said, hey, Gare, and it sent him a text that started, hey, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got Sinise putting a question mark in the beginning. Hey, girl. But he, I said to him, why the question mark? He said, oh, I spoke that into the phone. I meant it to be an exclamation point. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Have I commented on the people in the uh, COPD commercials who are all brassy with their condition? You know, I've heard you talk COPD, but I don't think, I think this is a hot take well, on that. A, everybody's so uh, chuffed with themselves out there. There's a commercial now where people are very, you know, in charge of their life. COP wanted me to go this way. I went my own way. You can go your own way. <laughs> and they walk off and you're thinking... 
the fuck? You're not in charge. You can't come up from the basement without a stop at Atlanta Hartsfield. What are you? Just saying, is, is that the time to assert yourself as in command of your own ship when you've given yourself COPD? <laughs> I, 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 went my <laughs> I went my own way on that one. COPD. <laughs> wow. And you're just looking at That's like Rourke and Fountainhead. No. Telling. <laughs> but you have at some point. Uh, all right. That's not a Probably won't make the next special. There's, there's something about me, Christian. I was in L.A. the other day. I must give off a vibe. I was asked to leave the Museum of Tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should make the special. All right. That's like that. not a bad joke. <laughs> First, I had to think about whether it was a joke or something that actually happened to you. <laughs> no, no, it did actually. I probably just registered as a joke. I was in my hotel the other night in L.A., and everything's gotten so modern that uh, they don't have a menu. They have a. Have you been in a hotel yet that has an iPad that has everything on it? I have actually, yeah. And I have to set up the iPad, and I have to. They want a thumbprint for me to order a cheeseburger. <laughs> That's what? what I, I want to end up registered with Interpol to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would be different than a cheeseburger? I mean, funnier on a menu. Uh, tenders. tenders. Yes, let me tender <laughs> my thumbprint to get some chicken tenders. <laughs> Bring some hot water quick. <laughs> All right, those are believe it or not, those are the jokes I accumulated over the last few days. Oh, my wife did tell me a funny story. We were meeting up with our son the other day, and uh, he, I guess he was wondering if he should bring a sweater or something. He said, he said uh, "Do you think it will be hot at six? And the spell thing made it. Uh, <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> <laughs> none, none of that happened. I can't read my writing. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but I warned you. Now, I love- anytime I say anything, this is true, it isn't. What can I do? Am I not being truthful telling you that? <laughs> if anybody ever says to you, true story, for Christ's sakes, it's a fever dream. It never happened. They don't exist. They're a fucking disembodied what? voice on an AI. What's Carolyn going to think when you try to, you know, assign blame for a joke that you quit on to her? You were like, Carolyn said something, but I just ignored the whole thing. That's marriage, my friend. (laughs) That's true. Occasionally you have to slide blame over to the person you love more than anybody else (laughs) on the planet. They understand. What are we doing today, Chris? What are we doing today? Spade is, you know, I'm doing this show now. Uh, called Dennis Miller Plus One on yeah. Hulu. And Spade has turned me down twice, to be honest, I guess. Plus anyone but Jesus. Spade. But Spade, I, that cuts deeply. Isn't that the same time that he does his show, same days? Like Because trying to get him I for the know, podcast. We got to yeah, that. He, he said he doesn't want to be on. He only has uh, Fridays available for the podcast, and we haven't ever recorded on Friday, so he hasn't he been on in like a year and a half. Do I love Spade. No, come on. You should just say he doesn't want to do it. I'd still love him. But uh, he's playing this silly, busy game. I guess. Here's the point I'm at. I was going to make a note there, call Spade and see what's up. No. Can't. Whatever. What else is happening in the world, Christian? What are we doing today? Who's we're, on? We're going to... Happening? Uh, what are the kids talking about? Well, I don't know what the kids are talking about. You have to ask Lindsay about that, but... 
In terms of what we're doing today, uh, we're in a few minutes going to be joined by Robert O'Neill, who is the... Oh, uh, killed Bin Laden. He sure did. <laughs> yeah. That's, that should be the only intro he ever gets. Yeah, I was going to say the Navy SEAL who killed Bin Laden, but the yeah. The guy who blew Bin Laden's yeah. head off. Three shots okay. to the head. Oh, is that beautiful? It is. The third was for him. Yeah. <laughs> the third he auctioned off at a PBS auction. First one for Bin Laden. Second one for him. Third one was auctioned off at Boston's PBS station. <laughs> if you if you gave fifty dollars, you got a towel with Bin Laden's blood stain on. So we'll talk to him, and uh, I want to go through that second by second. How good that must have felt. Oh Hold yeah, that fucking pig's head off. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what else are we do? Well, like questions. We've got a few voicemails. Oh, big debate tonight. Big yes, debate tonight. big debate tonight. First one with uh, Bloomberg. Now, the Dems have almost completely locked down their platform, and they just have to do some micro tweaks on the last couple planks here. It seems like they're at that point in the road where they have to make the very finely, finely microsurgery-like decision do they want somebody who hates billionaires or a 65 billionaire? But they're right there. They're, they're right there as far as dialing in their core tenant. They're only $65 billion apart from knowing what they live and breathe for. It just kills me that that's what it's down to. All right, listen. Trump doesn't care. He doesn't have any ethics. You don't have any core beliefs. We're not like that over here. And that's why we're about to nail this down between Bernie Sanders <laughs> and Mike Bloomberg. All right, guys. Just uh, it's, it's that final tumbler that has to click in yeah. place. That's the last one. So make up your mind tonight if uh, billionaires are Satan or billionaires are your candidate. <laughs> $65 billion. And a guy who didn't work till he was 40. You think they've cast a wide net? Wake the fuck up over that. I'm surprised that people on that side who have some sense of humor or irony just aren't shaking their heads and say, you know, truth be told. And I, I know so many people who just hate Trump more than they've ever, ever hated anything. But you even think at that point you'd have to just laugh to yourself and say, Christ, we are uh, – we have broken off our moorings. And hers adrift in choppy seas. <laughs> Sanders or Bloomberg? One of them's our guy. We just, it's so hard to separate the two. No. So, anyway, that's tonight. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Watching. I can't no wait. Uh, I'm what you call a single issue voter, and uh, I'm uh, really trying to figure out where everybody stands on the uh, the big gulp. So, they're actually making this very easy for me. Well, you have to remember, uh, Bloomberg hated the big gulp yeah. because literally he had to have pitons and crampons <laughs> to climb it. He'll be on his soapbox tonight if for no other reason to reach the fucking microphone. <laughs> hey, folks, I'm going to say, but I, I kid, Sinatra saved my life outside the fountain blue one night. There were six guys stomping on me, and Frank said, that's enough. <laughs> what? You're on fire today. What did you do? Work this stuff out at the store while you were in town? I went to uh, Jamie Freehold's, uh, or whatever his name is. Jamie Masada. Yeah, Jamie Masada. Oh, that's the best line in the history of The Sopranos. Uh, where Tony's shaking down the Hasidic Jew, and he says, oh, My friend, why do you think I'll give you money? Have you ever heard the story of Masada? My people went out on the hill. 
The people wanted money from them. We stayed up there for 10 years. They didn't give in. What makes you think I gave in? You know where the heirs of the Masada stand today? They're in front of you. Where do you think the Romans are today? Tony puts the gun in his mouth and says, you're looking at him, motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of forget the Romans are Italian. Yeah, we forget. They're just kind of Romans. You know, it's so funny if they went back and did good Romans or something. Uh, you know, like uh, Goodfellas meets uh, Fall of the Roman Empire where all the uh, the guys in the centurion hats and the armor body plating with the broadswords are all like Goodfellas characters because they're all uh, Italians. Like, uh, hey, what the fuck is up with you, you fucking Germanic hun motherfucker? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, have a body in the back of the chariot trunk while you go over and have a little... Christ almighty Christian, how many times do I have to go on there before you throw in? <laughs> I was uh, just waiting. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio off the headboard for 30 yeah. seconds. No, I was, me. I was checking my, uh, my Christian, business account. I'm about account. to go down where the fish light up fluorescently. Grab me. I haven't gotten my last check yet, so I've decided that uh, until it comes through, I can't do anything. Leverage, <laughs> leverage. Now we had a meeting with our new boss yesterday. We did we trying to do a figure out why about as minimal people listening, right? I mean, we've got a decent number, but you know, yeah. compared to other shows, yeah. You know, I know you're always on the way up. He, uh, well, but Kelly even said gets a million downloads a day. He does. Is that possible? It is. Uh, I do believe, actually, that uh, Mr. O'Neill is on the line, calling in yeah. three minutes early. Uh, that's what I like to say. <laughs> Beautiful. My man always kicks the door in just a little early, just in case. <laughs> Bobby O'Neill, thank you for croaking that pig motherfucker. Hey, you're very welcome. It was an honor to do it, and he had it coming. <laughs> oh, man. can't <laughs> believe it, brother. And all... The history of the planet. You're in the cat birdiest of catbird seats. So uh, it still must resonate well, right? It's, uh, you know, I've gotten used to it sort of to the point where um, I just know the story really well. There's no way, there's no way that happens. There's no way we went, but I, I can see it anytime I close my eyes. So it's, it's, it's just something to be there. It's, you know, following brave people up a set of stairs, right place, right time, and uh, easy shot. Easy I know, shot. brother. Listen, I, I understand all that. Somebody's got to get the uh, the last shot, and you know, some guys knock it down, some don't. I'm happy. I'm happy that they kicked the ball back out to you. We're talking to Robert J. O'Neill, retired team leader with the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, and the author of The Operator: Firing the Shots to Kill Osama Bin Laden in My Years as a SEAL team warrior how's your life man I, I remember talking to buzz aldrin once when he came back from the moon he'd kind of hit his uh, home run and he, he got a little weirded uh, how, how are you how's life on a day-to-day -day basis off the griddle and back to the real world well i mean it's, it's gotten a lot better over the years because the first the first shit few minutes i didn't uh i didn't know if it was the best thing i'd ever done or the worst no one really has done something at, the, at that level of how is the enemy going to react? How's the enemy going to respond? What's going to happen? How's the media going to handle it? How are my teammates going to deal with me? I'd seen it before with my buddy that started the, uh, the shots to rescue Captain Phillips and, and guys got a little jealous of him. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And it was, uh, there was some really, you know, there was some, some down moments, some extreme up moments. And now that the years have gone by, it's, it's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, my name's out there. People know who I am. Um, you, you know, there's still not, 
issues, but there's security uh, to think about everything from how do you protect the house, how do you protect movement, what do you do in the airports, uh, public events, things like that. Um, I've adjusted pretty well to it, I think. Um, a lot of my uh, my old teammates and I are still in really good touch, and uh, I got a you know got remarried. Life is great with with Jessica, and it's uh, it's been busy as hell though. It's it's um, I, I do quite a few speaking events, and I'm on the road. Uh, uh, a couple times a week, you know, go on travel. You know, you know, you know about the travel. So it's, it's, it's a good life, there. brother. I'm I'm glad it to is, hear you is. met the woman of your dreams. That's great, baby. Yeah, I, I actually met her at a speaking event she was hosting, and it was nice because she had no idea who I was. So that worked out pretty well. Well, listen, uh, she must have known. I, I I read somewhere that you had hired Salman Rushdie as your food taster. So when she saw Rushdie, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Not a bad idea, shit. <laughs> there you go, brother. That's that's how you keep your eyes on your... don't mind. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Please, I'd be honored if you used oh, that in the oh, stump speech. Funny. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? That's about the crow's feet. Or those huge under-eye bags. Now, imagine they're gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone. In minutes. It's called... Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags, and it does it in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. You don't believe me? Well, I didn't either until I tried it, and now I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me just like a decade ago. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results, and so are my crow's feet. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with your friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clearly, so nobody will know you're using it, unless, of course, you choose to tell a loved one, and then they'll want a tube, too. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code MILLER for 50% off, 50, not 15, 5 off, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off for a 30-day supply. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code MILLER. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code MILLER at checkout. Once again, that's TryPlexiderm.com, code MILLER. And I thank you. Let's just go back and uh, I, I just for one second, Robert, and, uh, you know, it's fascinating to like wusses like me and many people in the, you know, in the uh, real world. I was talking to Dana White about UFC fights and Stephen A. Smith was castigating Cowboy Cerrone for the yeah, fight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dana said, uh, you know, we don't castigate guys right after they get out of the, the octagon. And I, I couldn't agree more. Once I hear that gate shot and they're in there with another human and they have all those rules, I don't I don't judge them. It's just a whole separate universe that I should just pick up my knitting and stay out of the way. That's how I feel about seal training. But I, I periodically I see a special. I always get lured back in. It's like Godfather 1 or Godfather 2 being on. I'm, I'm so fascinated by it. But w when you... When you're in the midst of it, do you have to take it day by day, or can you see the far horizon? Can you even imagine you'll get through it? It just seems so entirely arduous. What's it like around five days in? Where is your, where were you at well, mentally? The 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 the, the, the field training, I never was going to make it because uh, it's just way too hard. I didn't necessarily sign up because I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I kind of got tricked by a clever recruiter. Because I'm from Montana, and I, I didn't really know how to swim. 
it's until after I signed the papers. Um, I did luck out being from Montana, growing up at, you know, 5,500 feet. My lungs were, were in good shape. And, um, yeah, but when I got there, it's like, you know, I just try to keep a positive mental attitude with, um, you know, I probably won't make it through the training, but I get to go to San Diego. I get to try this training that's on TV, hang out with cool people. You know, if I don't make it, I go to the fleet, uh, get on a ship and see the world. But I never looked at it as a um, – as uh, from now until we graduate in eight months, it was more of a, you know, I want to see if I can get through this really hard workout and make it the, you know, the mile run to the, to the chow hall for breakfast and the mile back. And then, then do the log PT, then do the two mile ocean swim, see if I can last through that and make the other mile run to the chow hall for lunch a mile right. back. And then all I want to do is try to get in the bed because, you know, I'm getting that shitty paycheck from the Navy, no matter what. So tomorrow's a clean slate. It's not like they're going to stop paying me. All I got to do is make it into the bed that I made that morning. And um, it was, and then even when we got to the hardest part, which is called hell week, which starts on Sunday mid morning and you don't fall asleep until Friday afternoon, depending on who's going to come, uh, you know, secure you, make it end. The long-term goal for hell week was just to see the sunrise on Wednesday, because if I can make it to that, I'll be so hallucinate. I'll be so out of it and hallucinating just because of the lack of sleep. They're going to push me through it. The instructors aren't going to let us quit. And that was my mentality. And then, you know, you finish hell week and then instructors finally start hinting that you'll make it to a SEAL team. That's just a little more positive motivation because the days are so long there that it, it, I know I had a past. I don't have a future. I'm going to be in hell forever. But then there's a light mm. at the end of the tunnel here, and then you get through that with the second part, which is diving. Then you get into uh, the land warfare phase where they let you shoot guns. They teach you a little bit about explosives, non-electric and electric. And uh, then you have a nice 40-day trip to San Clemente Island, which you don't get any days off. And their, their model there is no one can hear you scream. So that's the 40 days out there is the worst. But then you get back, and all of a sudden it's Monday. And they're having you do your uh, your dental work and your, your 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 service records because on Friday you graduate and you're done. And then it then the reality sinks in. Holy crap! I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, but it was a meal to meal thing. Like SEAL training is so hard. I mentioned the mile run to the Chow Hall. You got to figure that's six miles a day you're running just to eat. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, you're running six miles a day, and and you don't walk anywhere. You're running everywhere you go. It's like you're a ten year old in a toy store. You know how they used to keep guys from going, uh, running away from San Clemente Island uh, way back in the 60s is they would tell them, uh, Nixon's on shore. Don't go in there. He might see you and send you over there. So that, that's, how they, that's how they kept that's them out on the yeah. island. <laughs> yeah. They used to tell us about the great whites that are in the water, which, which is true, but they're, they're not. They're, great whites are actually your buddies. They're not, they're not bad. Well, that that schedule sometimes think you makes you think maybe I'll just go out and get munched because this is fair. <laughs> well, what I'm doing the, the right way here. I figured it is is um, I, I wasn't lucky enough just to go out there and get bitten in half and have it end. <laughs> I would be finishing a two mile swim. A shark would grab me, pull me two miles out, and make me redo it. That's, that's like that's that's the mentality I had. I'm not I'm not lucky enough. We're talking to Robert J. O'Neill. He's a retired team leader with the National Special Warfare Development Group and the author of The Operator, Firing the Shots that Killed Osama bin Laden in My Years as a SEAL Team Warrior. Well, I know the book, uh, importantly, was approved by the Pentagon, correct? Yeah, that's the only book by someone on the ground on all those missions, um, the bin Laden mission, the Captain Phillips mission, and then uh, Launch Survivor that was on all three that was approved by the Pentagon. There's been other books written, but this one went through the process that, um, you know, through the agencies, 
through the SEAL teams and the, the most important Department of Defense, uh, the Pentagon. So, yes, all approved. Um, and that was quite a process. You know, you submit a draft and they give it back with, with some recommendations. You, you rewrite a little bit, change a few words. But the Pentagon, the Pentagon was, um, was pretty good to me, uh, and I like that. And I think that was because, um, like I said about the positive attitude, I try to stay positive with everyone. Um, you know, I get shit from the right because they don't want to admit that Barack Obama ordered the mission, which he did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I agree with stuff that Bush did, and, and the left hates that. And I like some things that Donald Trump likes, and the, the, the left hates me for that. But, um, again, you stay positive with stuff, and people are going to generally, I think, give you the benefit of the doubt. So, uh, you know, long, long story going you know, around my ass to get to my elbow is yes, it's approved. The thing I'm proudest of Barack Obama about, I'm not a huge fan. I thought he was reasonably inept in many ways, but geez, what a ballsy decision. Thank you, Mr. President, because that was... You you know, the the, the coolest thing about that mission that no one talks about is we were going to go either on Saturday or Sunday because the the cycles of illumination, we want 0% alum from the moon. And we said we said no on Saturday because they were having the correspondence dinner. And if the cabinet gets up and all the press is there, something's going down. And we didn't want to leak it at all. And so Barack Obama was in there getting roasted by Seth Meyers about bin Laden hosting a show every 5 p.m. on C-SPAN, which is what the dinner's on. And uh, he just sat there with a poker face knowing we're going to kill the guy in 24 hours. Like That, that was very cool, that poker. I would have been pointing at the Seth Meyers telling him, well, guess what? We can get him tomorrow. Well, listen, uh, I've only, I performed at that dinner ages ago. I've only attended in the crowd once. I was there that night. I remember a whole bunch of odd circumstances. He was disemboweling Trump. And honest to God, you looked at Trump's face and you almost saw that. I'll show you thing. And Obama was very cool. And here's the weirdest part. I'm in D.C. that night. And uh, honest to God, this will sound odd, but I knew Michael Crichton a little. I was reading his book, Travels, and he had a chapter in there. It was all autobiographical things he had done in his life. And he did a chapter called The Search for Shangri-La. And in the book, earlier in the day, as I was flying into D.C., I read the part where he says we reached a village uh, called Abbottabad. And, uh, you know, I read the rest of the chapter and I put it down. Uh, the chapter breaks for every 20 pages. So I put that down. I went to the thing that night. I come back to my room. My wife says, you should turn on the TV. Something's happened. I turn on the TV and in the lower third, I'm kind of just gathering all the knowledge. I see the name of Badabad. And I think, uh, yep, what a, how yep. do I know the name of Badabad? Where did I? And I go, my God, I just read that in the book on the way. It's the only time I've ever heard that. And that's where... He gets croaked, right? I that's mean, where we, that's, uh, where, that's where that's where he found him. Yeah, that's well, uh, we didn't find him. The uh, the really smart folks at the CIA found him, uh, especially the, the there was a couple of women that found him. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I heard about Abad was from the the famous woman played by the character Maya in Zero Dark Thirty, and about Abad just it was it was because you know it was it's kind of a famous little. I mean, it has a golf course flying over it to get Bin Laden. It's like, there's electricity and golf down here. This is some serious Navy <laughs> field shit we're about to be doing. <laughs> that is so, it's so trippy, man, because <laughs> yeah, you're right yeah. in the middle. <laughs> and you're right, there are times you're out there. I just took a trip through India and China, and I'd think, God, i got to be at the end of the planet. And then I'd see an Arby's or something, you know, oh, no, yeah. not in India, yeah. mind you. But. <laughs> People don't realize there's a pizza hut across the street from the Sphinx. 
You can have a, <laughs> a, a, a you know, but it's a, it's a, it's an odd world out there. <laughs> that is the greatest encapsulation of what I was trying to say there. There's a pizza <laughs> hut across from the Sphinx. Well, listen, brother, you sound happy as a clam. I'm, I'm glad your life is good. Are you fishing? You hunting? Or what do you? What's your what's your proclivities other than being a happily married man now? What are you doing? My new thing, because um, I needed a hobby, uh, I, you know, because I'd done the shooting, I'd done the skydiving, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I started uh, swimming and scuba diving with uh, sharks, um, everything from great whites. I was just in open water in Bimini with tiger sharks, no no cage, um, just kind of playing with those things. And that's kind of my new hobby. I, I just finished up at San Diego last week. Um, that kind of thing. I'm enjoying the beaches. Plus, you know, my, my wife's not crazy on getting in the water, but once I get out, then we can have, uh, you know, umbrella drinks and stare at the sunset and stuff like that. So we do that. And then, uh, there's a lot of sporting events. We have fun doing stuff like that. Everything from, uh, Red Sox games to, um, you know, Miami Dolphins, Redskins, things like that. Just kind of travel around yeah. a little bit. When well, I'm hoping you haven't had to buy an umbrella drink since, uh, since you, you uh, did the deed. And- but you know, what's funny. My thing is I'm a, I'm a horrible, not a horrible gambler, but I'm horrible at, at picking teams to win. And mm-hmm. my newest thing is I've been I've been betting on my Twitter followers a beer each on everything from the Super Bowl to the national championship, and I think I owe about five hundred fifty thousand beers. And so when I run <laughs> into those people in the airports, they'll they'll make sure I buy the first one. <laughs> well, all I know, brother, is when you went up the steps, you were in the biggest bet of your life. Bin Laden bet the over, you bet the under. Yeah, that's true. So there you go, <laughs> my friend. Uh, no, Robert J. O'Neill's website is robertjoneill.com. Our audience can follow him on Twitter at M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H, which is also your Instagram, M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H. Once again, the book is the operator firing the shots that killed Osama bin Laden in my years as a SEAL team warrior, a man whose karma must be uber good for the gods, the alignments of the planet, everything in the universe that led up to that moment and led him to croak the ultimate evil. And uh, it must be odd to get your head around that. But just on a day-to-day basis, I thank you for doing your task and doing it so adroitly and protecting our country, my friend. Yeah, it was my honor. Like I said, I was working with some of the best people in the world. Uh, an honor to watch them work. Just just being in a room with people, you know, I wish I could be as cool as. So it was a, quite quite a time. Yeah, it's a team, a well-oiled one, and uh, you were just uh, you had the men on base at that point. All right, thank you, Robert. Good to talk to you, brother. Great to talk to you, Dennis. Thanks for having me anytime. All right, later, Gator. Gave him a joke, I think, Chris. I think he did. I can't remember what it was, but he seemed to like it. What was it? It was uh, Salmon Rushley. Wait, let's go back and review my brilliance. Yeah, what this guy did, whatever. But Wait, you. do a charcoal sketch of it. Yeah. What did, uh-huh. I, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> and what did I say? <laughs> All right, what are we doing for the rest of the... Uh... Well, we've got uh, we've got some voice. Oh, we met our new boss is what I was talking Oh, yeah, about. we did. She was sweet. Yeah. Are you allowed to say sweet about a boss? I don't know. Ask Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay, I don't know. Are women sweet yeah. or should we not say that anymore? Well, uh, she's lovely. Fine. Yeah. Nice yeah. spirited is what I meant. Yeah. Not uh, fl- being flirtatious. She was just cool. Yeah. Yeah. She got you pumped about the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had the shittiest salad niçoise ever. <laughs> I, I can't even call it a niçoise. I'm going to call it a nicoise because uh, <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce it deliberately. What? A, I won't say the restaurant. I'm not in the business of busting balls. I think it was down where. But it rhymes with Rick Ronalds. <laughs> Wasn't it down there where 
it, the poor kid who OJ. Uh, yeah, it was it, kind it, of in it, that it, same block. It was in Brentwood. It was on that. Yes, that oh, area. Such a bad salad. Fuck. The yolks and I the egg look good. Tuna. Uh, you know, I had tuna from. Some of the reshoots they did on Old Man the Sea with Spat Tracy. <laughs> and uh, the tuna had recongealed, turned into Charlie the Tuna again, walked in Salisbury in a tuna walker. That's how old it was. And uh, the only thing was they threw me off with the yolk. It had a nice orange yolk on the egg. I open it up. Or, I mean, I the salad comes and I look at the yolk and I said to Christian, oh, you can, that's a good uh, read on a Salad Nissoir of the uh-huh. Oaks Orange. And uh, then everything else was shit. Oh, what a bad salad. Uh, no, really. I know you're saying. Yeah, I've had uh, a bad well, salad. Well, how bad Dennis? is food, Dennis? You yeah. eat it or you don't? How bad yeah. can this. I'm talking about. I had. I had a crush on a girl in my sophomore year in high school, and this salad stole her from me. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you have, Chris? Everybody's eating I healthy, to, uh, I think, to keep up with the boss. Uh, everybody Except Lindsay. Like, she yeah, had a huge. Yeah. Oh, man. Christ Almighty, Lindsay! What, what did you, you had a bison flank and some uh, with a leg of giraffe uh, potatoes? Was, was, I think you had uh, baby was, arms, French fries. And- she was dunking it in country gravy, which she had brought herself, which was a little surprising. I don't mess Christ. around. Yeah. I felt like I was in a cracker barrel or something. <laughs> oh, I wish. By the way, Gouda wheel, <laughs> and uh, and after, uh, did you talk about me after? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we all want to be you when we grow up. Exactly. That's exactly what we said. Teach us the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we got any voicemails? We got any topics we yeah, want to well, talk we, about? We, we, don't you worry. We'll get to the topics, but I did want to play some voicemails. Uh, and and uh, I would like is this one this from... the little man? What is the end of that line? Is this a little girl I married? How does that song go? I hope I, it wasn't I, a little girl. Well, I just know the way that, that you uh, I'm just sing trying to, to think why, why that song comes in. It, it, there's a song that goes, is this the little... I think it's girl I married, but then that sounds perverted, right? It's yeah. like a Wayne Stinney. This little girl, this little girl I sired. That doesn't sound good for a oh, song. That's weird. Is there Maybe. anybody who can... Uh, oh, my God. I should look it up, Christ. I'm, I'm like an inch away from this keyboard. Yeah. I can't bring <laughs> but that's an inch. Didn't you tell me somebody yesterday had uh, did a uh, Heath Ledger and fallen forward on their own metal straw or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. This, this, yeah this I was... don't mean Heath Ledger died that way, but don't I remember him jamming some guy's head down on a big pen or something? Yes, you do remember that. But, uh, yeah, I think Lindsay wrote a thesis on this lady who fell on the metal straw. <laughs> Last year it was oh, a that's right. British lady, yeah. Well, I knew a contortionist who did that onto a silly straw, and she her head made it three double helixes down on the weave. It was like the uh, the Riddler ride out at uh, Six Flags over a bad joke. And uh, <laughs> they have T-shirts from there. <laughs> uh, so go ahead, play away there, Christian. All right, this is from No Name, but uh, they love the show. So you it's... fall on a metal straw with your forehead. I mean, really? What? Well, well, like. I accidentally Did I tell fell. you my joke about you can't get a plastic straw in California anymore, so you just order a free syringe and suck it up? <laughs> you told at that lunch at the, yesterday. At the lunch, but that's new for the podcast. Oh, I was trying to impress the boss. I'm I think you did a good job. I think so. Well, I yeah. just met her, Christ. I didn't want her to walk away. She was just telling yeah. me that, uh, what was his name, uh, Javier Cohen or something, was getting eight, eight times what I was getting, so I had to lay <laughs> something down that I yeah. had to dinner that's with right. the guy from ELO the night before. Yeah, which that was exciting. 
Yeah, no, I think she was in a good mood. She fired <laughs> she fired both Lindsay and I afterwards, but uh, you know. Well, so. I left a note under the table. Oh, that makes and, sense. Uh, <laughs> with gum, not a bogey. No, with gum, not a bogey. <laughs> go Let's go for the no-name voicemail. Dennis, love the show. Yeah. Your guest, Kurt Schlichter, made some great points about the Second Amendment. I think there is a group of good people mainly in the middle of this country, that are willing to go Ruby Ridge to keep their guns. I view turning in guns like Jimmy Kahn climbing into Kathy Bates' guest bed. You're left completely powerless to some nutty broad that you got to placate, or she's going to get the two-by-four and the sledgehammer. And not just her, but whoever comes after her. Look how far things have gone in four years. What's it going to look like in 40? Because once you give up the guns, that ultimate veto, as Kirk put it, you're not getting it back. I just found I fell into his natural speaking rhythms, yeah. and I missed the point. But it was just also lyrical. It would just be like misery. That's all. That's um, what he was saying. Like Spalding Gray yeah. or something. I could have um, done a five second voice. Well, I agree. Uh, as I've said before, uh, if they are going to start the, the, and I can say confiscating guns, but I love saying confiscatory because it sounds so cool. It does. So if they are going to start confiscatory measures against gun owners. I say the fair way to do it is take the top 10 gun death zones, right? And, you know, no names, no nothing. If if one of them proves out to be, you know, hunters in Coeur d'Alene, so be, I don't think that'll be the case. But take the top 10 places where people are killed by any sort of gun and go door to door and round it up. You do it by zip codes, right? And uh, I don't think they'll do that for an odd, some odd reason. What are we doing, Christian? <laughs> the former governor, uh, Rob Blagojevich, he didn't get pardoned, but he had his sentence commuted, uh, commuted today. And what was that word? Commuted. <laughs> you know that I... What are you? You on the tussle again? <laughs> you know that I'm a big proponent of Computer love Ooh. with the governor! Lots of day drinking. But... The best part of it is that uh, his hair went completely white in prison, and then also he had cut himself shaving right before his press conference, so he had to keep dabbing his chin. So I don't even care about the rest of it. That the the dabbing the chin while he had you know just stark white hair. I was like, this is this is this is fun for me. You know, Christian legitimizes his habit by saying that he will only drink Tussin after five. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, brother. <laughs> Um, Blago. Well, yeah. eight years is a long time. Yeah. And Trump's pissed right now. Trump ought to just, you know, uh, if I was Trump, I would pardon Mark Rich tomorrow. <laughs> so they'd have to go back into the Clinton thing yeah. to say, no, no, I want to double pardon that motherfucker. <laughs> if I, Trump's got to start figuring out ways to really get prickly here because that McCabe thing uh, is the final uh uh, like I said, Michael Flynn, oh, I, I have never said. So uh, that, that's that's when you really start to believe your own bullshit later in life when you say things for the first time and you preface it by saying, like I've said. Yeah, like I always say. Like, to give it some faux imprimatur, like I've always said. And you think, I, I've never said this before in my life. What am I doing? <laughs> um, it's sort of some sort of preemptive... Uh, self-aggrandizing code. As I always said about Joe Biden, he speaks in bullshit encyclical. You can tell when he's really bullshitting you when he leans into it more. I was at the diner this morning and uh, with Hunter Gatherer and 
Start feeding me some Christ. Uh, you were talking about give uh, me some lobs at the nuts. Trump doing funny things. Uh, buried, <laughs> buried in the notes. Uh, uh, Mr. O'Neill had a funny story about meeting uh, President Trump and uh, being shown the Lincoln bedroom. And he said, uh, "And well, his, let me ask him." He's oh, he's not, gone? He's gone, yeah. He's not here anymore. <laughs> um, he, this is what happens when you send me six pages of notes. Hey. I, I got to page three and I said, like, what am I doing here? Well, This man wants to go. Mm-hmm. Christian, he hasn't stayed in one place for more than 15 minutes since he shot the fire. You notice he was in the car, so yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> he was uh, you know, he's zigging he's and zagging, he's serpentining, and you're, <laughs> hey, can you sit down and... Uh, <laughs> We're this vector thing. Yeah. So we've got this hooked up to a bunch of uh, burn phones. What are those called? I always love that concept. The burner phones? Yeah. Burner phone. Yeah, yeah, this hooked up to burner phones over on Al Jazeera. Can you sit yeah. down for about three hours? Yeah, you're very popular over With there. Get back to the door. <laughs> I had to move. I can't get to this story, so you're going to have to I'm going to tell it. Do you want to tell it as you? No, I, I, I'm trying yes, to pretend. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not going to. Well, listen, I'm a... not talking about an impression. No. It's like Chevy doing Gerald Ford. You just inhabit it. I'll just say, folks, listen to the story, and then don't do anything different. It's just we'll throw them off, and they'll <laughs> think it's not you. Um, <laughs> listen to the story from Robert O'Neill about meeting Trump. Bob, what was that like? So I meet Trump. So I meet Trump, and uh, he shows me the Lincoln bedroom, and he says, "You know, most people don't get to see this unless you donate to the Clinton Foundation." That was going to say, "I missed the punchline." I don't think this is Bravo Neil. This is what? no, it is. <laughs> Chimp doctor. Oh, you can't summon him that way. You have to actually ask him a question. Well, I've been waiting for somebody to send one in. <laughs> Yeah, let me, we have wait, let me find a long medical question on my internet. You guys talk, Chris. Sure. <laughs> you know, we love playing your voicemails here on the show, and you can always leave them at 866-509-RANT. That's 866-509-7268. And as we have mentioned multiple times on the show, I do not check the voicemails. So if you want to get it played on the show, you have to be nice to Lindsay. Oh. If you're mean to Lindsay, she will not put it on my sheet, so I won't know to call for it. That's Pretty accurate, right? That's, That's pretty oh risky. We're s- right up against the third rail there. <laughs> yep. Um, wait, I'm typing in long, <laughs> long medical questions. Medical questions. Look, I got we'll more see plugs. If anything comes up. No. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm also the award-winning host of the Black Cast. You can find that at bladtcast. dot com, and uh, you know that's really all your needs there. And uh, you know. Lindsay's been on a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a fun. Yeah, Dennis has even been on the black cast. I know. Yeah. Apparently, my numbers were pretty good, though. Uh, I not, I mean, not as good as Dennis's. Well, but you know, yours were all right. I mean, I'm just uh, a protege. Yeah. Okay, Christian. I'm just trying to. I can only dream to be help like you Dennis. be better. You know, while Dennis is typing, let's play another question. Let's, let's play a voicemail that I think I'll enjoy while he's typing. Uh, voicemail number one, Johnny from Illinois. Hey, Dennis. Just wanted to call and uh, let you know about this new tradition I started for this uh, holiday President's Day. Now, um, after work, I come home and I watch the movie Lincoln on Netflix. Nothing better than a two and a half hour nap. Anyways, love the show. Keep up the great work. Best part of my Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, if that tells you anything about my social life, take care. <laughs> Dear Chimp Doctor. Did that man's hangdog tones reflect a diminished thyroid excretion? 
All right, there you go. I couldn't find any long medical questions. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the next time somebody says you can find everything on the internet, not that. Tell them to type in <laughs> long, detailed medical questions. <laughs> Because nothing came up, so I had to, you saw what I MacGyvered there off that guy. Um, review of systems, past medical history. What else you got, Chris? Well, um, <laughs> do, you, do you want more oh, things? Here's one. Hey, what's this thing? That's the question. Oh. Hey, oh. chimp doctor, what's this thing? All right. So you didn't ask him, so I was confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand, Alexa. Yeah, look, we've we've only... We've only done this bit for I'm working on a theory years. that Alexa is just a transgendered HAL 9000. And, uh... <laughs> uh, a 36-year-old Ohio woman was uh, charged and arrested. After... Bin soldiers at Nixon College! <laughs> after repeatedly calling 911 to complain that her parents cut off her cell phone. And you know, I want to ask, if they took her cell phone, how'd she call 911? I'll take my answer off the air. Now, let me ask you this, Christian. Yeah. I know it's only a nanosecond, but Mm -hmm. shouldn't everybody have 911 on speed dial? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I would just say, call 911. Do you think anybody in the history of the planet has been lost actually having to hit the nine, the one, and the one, as opposed to just, let me see, how would you summon up 911 on a speed dial? You'd still have to hit a previous button to get to the speed dial, right? Yeah. It's usually programmed to one number. Yeah. Well, okay, I have so it. I have two, it in my phone book. Under key strokes and, uh, two key strokes, and two keystrokes, and I think you told me that was the code you used when you were uh, giving Van Kleiber a hand job. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you could you could take Van Kleiber out of there. Is any, anybody just giving anybody a hand? <laughs> yeah, hand Oscar job. Levant. Yeah. No, but I'm just Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> That's one oh, day he wasn't on. so crumpy. He's a puppet. <laughs> So the news story was about what? Oh, uh, the Ohio woman was actually arrested. Yeah, yeah whatever, because... whatever she wants. Okay. Uh, what else we got? <laughs> uh, over over across the pond, uh, and by that I mean France, a uh, a soccer player, or as they call him, footballer, was suspended. Oh, I saw this. F- yeah, suspended for five years after biting the opponent's penis. Oh my god! And the victim got a six month ban. So the guy who had his junk bitten uh, was also banned for why, six months. Why? Why well, is he banned? I mean, he was asking for uh, it, obviously. Is penis instigating? Because he had oversalted it. <laughs> These are the French. <laughs> it's a French drill. How do you... Did, it, did he bite his dick on the field? Yes, this was uh, during play. How? <laughs> during a match. I mean, how? I, I, look, I'll go, I'll go get a cucumber and I'll show you how it works. <laughs> okay. I don't want to demonstrate. See the ref coming over and brandishing a flesh card? You know, <laughs> yellow, red, flesh card. I don't, uh, well, like I said, sometimes you get insane, you know, when you're in the middle of it. Uh, I think there was a French player who somebody inferred that his sister was a whore. Jadon, do you remember that? And he... Headbutted the guy and I do uh, the World Cup tournament. Yeah, uh, that seems like a misdemeanor. Compare. I don't know what point you have to get to where you. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like how angry do you have to get to uh, give a guy uh, what do they call it in soccer a header <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Uh, and uh, what well, I would be embarrassed if I I was the guy. And don't they wear cups? That's the thing I'm thinking about. Now, listen, Christian. If mm-hmm. you um, 
if you bite another sire. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you mean if? Just the next time I do it. If yeah. you bite another mm-hmm. soccer player's dick on yep. the field sure. and he's wearing a cup, is it sort of like going out for lobster where you have to <laughs> well, crack the there. crack the shell? There's a lot of drawn butter. And <laughs> what? Confused. What? Listen, for Lindsay, who's the sweetest of souls to piss on an ad lib like that, you really... You really, no, it just made her really, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> these are these are the forty five minutes a week that she's sweet. The rest of the time, look out. Oh, we had a great lunch yesterday. Oh, that's true. And, uh, as I said, she she had a some sort of local Shetland pony brought in, <laughs> slain right table side, and then yeah. I, uh, sliced it down thin. And uh, we ate every part of that Shetland yeah. pony because uh, we believe in sustainability. Like I said, I'm staying in a hotel in Los Angeles. I know they're big on the sustainability because at 9.15 each night, the housekeeper comes around and gives each guest one sock off the common mint. And uh, I've got pyrea from the guy in 6B, but I think the planet will be here. (laughs) (laughs) Pyrea being a mouth disease of some sort, I think I remember. I think it's like ringworm on your shoulder. And I wasn't that an Eddie Rabbit song? Ringworm, ringworm. on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but it never cracked the top ten. It only got to And 12. I love the ringworm nights. Make me run. And I love the ringworm night. Ringworm. I'm about out. Did you say you're about out? Is that what I heard? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm really, I'm flailing. I just wanted I'm, to make sure that that's You're not coming hard with stuff. Whoa, whoa. Sure. I had to draw a butter line with the guy getting his dick back. Well, you Come saw on. Lindsay, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's like turning off Nancy Drew. I mean, <gasps> how far? Like she's, She'll go with anything almost just to be sweet. <laughs> like she's in the demographic we do this show for. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, she's a nice person. Why do person. women hate the show? Have you done any, I asked you to do some research on that. Yeah, yeah, Lindsay, we get 80% men. Have oh. we figured it out, Lindsay? When you guys got together in the big uh, in the big room for your weekly meeting, you know, what did s- all the other ladies have to say about what's put off-putting about the show? We're, we're still working on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take— Initial thing, me or Christian? Oh, definitely Christian. Yeah, I think you're right. right on that. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm kind of— No, you're I'm a charmer. Sexy, right? You're oh. a charmer, Dennis. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. No, no. A Christian, I, on the other hand. No, no, no. So I'm at the end of my rope. Boy. It's all over. What are you guys doing today? What's anybody got? What are you doing with the kids, Christian? Uh, Felix did uh, soccer at school today. No, no but... not your kids. Oh, uh, um, I no. hang out in the parking lot like I always do with candy. Well, if oh. Felix is playing soccer, I, I don't have to remind you what to look out for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a kid. I'm not being nope. cruel. It's nope. just it's out a, there. It's out there, and there's a kid and in his class that I do worry about. So, yeah, a lot uh, of copycats. They, they love to imitate yeah. the big pros. You never know. Lindsay, did All you right, actually so, go and see Jimmy Buffett last night? I actually went and saw Escape to Margaritaville, the, the musical, and oh. then he came out at the end and played what? the song. I know. You, did the, yeah, I, I, so, you know, Instagram you know tells me part? things that I don't, I, I don't yeah. want to know. I was going to go, but I went to Bahama Tommy the Opera. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. (laughs) 